Welcome to Life With Your Dog podcast. Our focus is educating dog owners, enthusiasts and dog trainers about ideas on how to train, manage, live and thrive with our dogs. To teach dogs to live in our society while our dogs teach us how to live in the now. I'm your host Panos Anagnostou. And I'm your co-host Luke Badman. Thank you for joining us and we hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of Life With Your Dog. For you that don't know, my name is Panos and today I will be answering a question from my client Felipe. He is one of my clients of mine and he had a question. But before that, I do want to apologize that this one, this episode didn't come out on time. I actually really thought that I had recorded an episode and I went to the Gold Coast for my sister's wedding. Beautiful time. Congratulations to Edito and Reese. And, um, and yeah, on Sunday, I just went to see if everything got uploaded fine and I didn't see anything there. And I spoke with Luke and I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I forgot. So here I am now, a little bit of a delay. And I hope that wasn't too much of an inconvenience to you guys. But yeah, as I said, we will be men- um, discussing today about how to name a command and when should we give a name to a behavior that we're trying to train our teach our dog to do. So before we do get into that, let's talk about how do we generally make a behavior or how do we make a behavior happen on cue, which is what we call commands. We do that through shaping and shaping generally, most commands that I teach um, these days is all by luring and use luring with food in your hand and your dog then follows your hand and in different positions and then we will mark and reward the behavior. So for example, if we want to teach the dog to sit, we would lure the dog, the treat over the dog's head. When the head goes up, the butt goes down, and then we give the mark and reward. There are other forms of shaping. We can do it by free shaping, where we can be in a static room. I'm in a, a completely blank room, nothing exciting is happening around, and we wait for the dog to offer a specific behavior completely on their own, no help from the from the handler or from the trainer, so we can just stand still or sit, be, be sitting down. And as soon as the dog looks at a, like for example, if we want to teach a dog to touch with his nose a touchpad, um, every time he looks in the direction of the touchpad, I would mark and reward. And then the dog, um, we call re- reinforcing by successive approximation. So when the dog slowly starts to get closer and closer to the behavior that we want, um, that's when we start to increase the, or we get to the next level of what we were going to reward. So for example, if we want the dog to touch a touchpad with his nose, we would reward for looking at the touchpad and then we'll do that within repetition. But then we don't want, that's not the final response. The final response is the dog has to walk over to it and put his nose onto it. So we would stop rewarding looking. The dog gets a little bit frustrated and confused and then he does one step closer, we would mark and reward again. And that's how we then have these baby steps closer, small steps um, step by step closer and closer to the behavior. Sorry, I'm, I'm eating my words today. And it must be because I had too much fun away and and um, I'm just warming my voice back up again. But basically, free shaping is another way of doing it. Typically, with my client's dogs and the obedience that we that, that we uh, generally get hired to do, we don't do much free shaping. I think it's a very, very handy and, and, and I think it's a really good technique to be using generally for more specific commands um, or something a little bit more complex, possibly. Or if you want to just mess around with your dog and see if we can get cool behaviors, I think that could work as well. Um, And if you're super skilled at it, then maybe you can use it for a specific outcome for obedience. But generally for me, 
I like so how I taught Ace my Kelpie lab how to um, do scent discrimination. So basically, the end result was it was ten com, um, cones or buckets, and he had to identify which one had the target odor in it, and it was Vegemite that he was looking for. So, um, so through free shaping, I taught him to do that. And then we're going to get to a moment when we start to name the name it. We can also capture a behavior. We capture behaviors through luring, or we may capture behaviors while the dog's in the middle of doing the behavior. We may just mark and reward, and the dog may offer it again. So we may be a little bit more assisted. So not 100% luring, but not completely free shaping. So there's many different ways, but basically, and then of course we can also create behaviors through compulsion and by pressure training. I generally don't do much teaching of new behaviors through pressure. However, you can use it to assist you. For example, if the dog refuses to lay down and you're using lots of luring and other techniques that always get used first, you may need to use a little bit of pressure on the lead, a little bit of physical pressure by using compulsion. I may have to be luring with food and then gently with my hand pushing down on the dog's back, like in a 45 degree angle, not like a forceful push or even if I was to use the lead, nothing too crazy, enough to be able to guide the dog's body and use that pressure to be able to make the dog do it. And I think that there are places for all of these different techniques. But I thought I'd mention that before, when should we actually use the word? So I'm not sure um, what Felipe was specifically asking in terms of what command, but he just asked, hey, when do I start putting a word to a command? So one other thing that's really important as well is dogs pick up gestures before they pick up verbal commands. So body language is the primary way that dogs will understand our, us. It's only through conditioning is that we can put the verbal command onto a specific behavior that we want the dog to do. So for example, if I was to teach the dog to come, how I teach it anyway, is I use that through luring. So I have high value food, I have my dog on a leash, and I walk in a single direction. I would walk towards the tree. As I'm walking towards that tree, I don't turn around, I keep facing the same direction. Tree goes in front of the dog's nose, I run backwards. My hand, my food hand stays in front of the dog's nose, which happens to be in front of my knees. As I run backwards, when I stop, I lift my hand to my chest, the dog automatically sits. I mark it, I reward it. There's a whole episode talking about how I teach a dog to come. So if you really want more about that, go back and listen to that. But basically there, the dogs learn to follow my gesture. So I do this with repetition for a few days. I walk in a straight line. I say, I say the word come. I put the tree in front of the dog's nose. Immediately, I start to run backwards. The dog follows me. Over time... I'll have the dog in the backyard after three or four days of practicing step one. Step two would be let the dog roam around, have the lead on, doesn't really matter, have your food handy. As soon as the dog's maybe three or four meters away from me, I would say the dog's name. The dog already knows his name, so he looks at me. I say the word come, and I within one second later, I don't do it at the same time. This is very important. I say the word come. I drop my hand in front of my knee. The dog knows the gesture. He runs towards me. I lift my hand up. The reason why I'm making a big deal of saying I lift my hand up is because I want the dog to sit at my feet, but I don't want to say the word sit. Because if I say sit, then I'm rewarding the word sit. So basically with the recall, I say come, I drop my hand, he comes towards me, I reward him. The word comes half a second before the gesture. So through classical conditioning or Pavlovian conditioning, what happens is the a new stimulus or a new signal has to come before the, the signal that the dog knows. So the dog knows the gesture, but I want to be able to use the word to be able to mean the ge what the gesture means. 
Now, the dog only does any of those because he wants the food. So food is a thing that the dog wants. The dog knows that well, he can get the food if he follows the gesture. And the dog will learn that he can follow get the food if he listens to the word, which means the gesture, which can mean the potential f- reinforcer. And that's how the dog starts to understand it. What I don't want to do is give the gesture then say the word. So in this particular situation, if I put the hand out in front of my knee, which the dog knows is the signal for coming towards me, if I put my hand in front of my knee and say the word come, we call that overshadowing. The gesture becomes more important than the word, and the word doesn't predict the gesture. The gesture predicts the word, but the word doesn't mean anything, so the word's just something that happens. You may get a connection, and you may have some success with it, but generally, word before gesture. Now, I kind of jumped the gun a little bit because what I wanted to say is in the dog training world, in the circles that I'm a a part of, there's a few different sayings. One of them is we don't don't name it till you love it. And I really like this this phrase or this saying because we don't want to put a word onto something. We don't want to give a verbal command before we even get any of the behavior that we're looking for. And And I'll tell you why. Because let's just say, for example, we're teaching the dog to down. So when I'm teaching the dog to down, I don't say any command until I get 10 times out of 10 in a row, 100% success. When I lure my hand to the ground with the food, the dog lays down. I want elbows and butt on the ground immediately. As soon as the dog's doing the behavior that I'm looking for, that's when I can say the word down. Half a second later, give the gesture down to the ground. Another thing that I forgot to tell you is how I like to separate this just remember this when i say luring luring is when there's food in my hand when i say giving a gesture that's giving a gesture so for example if i have food in my hand i put the food to the ground and the dog's nose is following my hand he's luring i'm luring the dog into a down if i have no food in the hand and i put point to the ground and the dog lays down knowing that the food may come in a moment that's giving the gesture and then giving a verbal command is the voice that i use so once the dog isn't luring anymore, or he's understanding the gesture, I put my hand to the ground, the dog lays down immediately, 10 times out of 10, 100% success. I say the word down, half a second later, I move my hand to the ground, and that's when I say yes, and then I give the dog the food. We want to use the word before giving the gesture, so that the word predicts the gesture's coming, and then over time we can get rid of the gesture, and the word now takes on the power of the behavior that the dog needs to do, And that's how we can then slowly wean off that gesture so we just have a verbal command. This can be confusing. So we just started doing group classes recently and um, Fiona, one of my staff, is um, is helping me out and I'm getting her to run some of the classes. And we have, everyone's got a different way of doing things and and I love the fact that we can bounce off each other. I have a certain way. So for example, when we're teaching middle, or when we're teaching the heel command, so heel position, we want the dog to come either next to us or when we say middle, the dog needs to come between our legs. For behaviors like that, I wouldn't name it until the dog is doing it with my gesture 100%. Something like the word come or teaching the word bed, because generally, even doing it for the first time ever, the dog's very likely to do the command. It's kind of very, it's very easy for the dog. Luring the dog into a bed, super simple. You put the food in front of the dog's nose. As you lure the food onto the bed, as soon as all four paws touch the bed, I say bed, yes, reward. Because the dog's very likely to do it. But when teaching a brand new puppy sit or down, 
it could be very tough to know, or in the middle position or even the heel position, it's very tough to know that the dog even knows how to do that in, a, in the correct way. Because come when called is basically sit at my feet. When I say bed, the dog needs to be all four paws on the bed, whether he's standing or laying down or sitting, I don't care. So whether this confuses you or not, if you want to be safe, you have to only start giving the name as soon as the dog gives a gesture, um, as soon as the dog understands the gesture. I think that's the most important thing. So um, not to get too technical because there's so many different ways. However, for me, typically when I'm teaching bed and come, I say the word while I'm teaching it because I'm kind of capturing the behavior. The behavior is happening, so I can just capture it in the in, in while it's happening and I'm happy with that. But when it comes to something where we have to be more specific, like laying down isn't about being in a play bow or laying down when I'm trying to lure the dog, he's scratching out my hand, he's so doing so many different things that isn't the behavior that I'm looking for. If I give a word to those behaviors, now I've got something that I'm not looking for. The word better or the word come, for example, or the word look, like or the, the command look, those commands are pretty straight up. They're pretty simple. So I can, from experience, I can see that I can kind of capture it. Now, depending on the dog, some dogs, I try to lure them on the bed and they jump over the bed and they're jumping here and there. So there I wouldn't name it. So I think I'm gone maybe too deep and I may, for some of you, I may have confused you. Maybe some others I've made, I've given a bit of clarity. But if you're not sure, so Felipe, if you're not sure, remember, don't name it till you love it. You want 100% success of the behavior that you're looking for before you start giving a word to it. And when it comes, when you're gone from the teaching phase into the training phase, that dog should know that the word is going to predict the gesture. The gesture will predict the marker, the marker predicts the food. And that way there, that's when we start to have a word for our commands. So just recap there, if I was teaching the down, I would start luring the dog as soon as I got elbow and butt on the ground. That's when I would say yes and reward, elbow on the ground, yes and reward. And there's a, of course, there's a technique to be able to keep the dog in the down, which we won't go into now. But if I can say the word down, half a second later, start to give the gesture, mark it, and then go to my pouch and give the dog, now being super specific. And that's how, so when I've just been teaching Nookie the middle, so it's a more recent command, I started with food, no commands. I had the food in front of her nose, I had food in two hands, I lured her around my right leg, so behind my right leg, up in between my legs, I marked it, marked it, marked it, marked it, I gave her three or four rewards in a row, I would say, okay, she breaks position, I reward her again. I did this over and over again. My feet were in a specific position and she started to wait for my hand to move around my, my right leg. That was, and then of course she was luring my hand there. She was luring and following my hand, sorry. And then over time, all I had to do was say the word, I mean, so give the gesture. My gesture would be, see gestures with luring, the good thing about luring is that luring will create gestures. So as soon as I started to move my hand in that fashion, she assumed that, I wanted her to go into that position. So she started to go into that position. I marked and reward. So I'd give the gesture, which wasn't, a, wasn't fully luring her in between my legs, but was just offering my hand out along my right-hand side like an open palm. And she saw that. She'd go into position. I'd mark and reward again. And then when I got that 10 times out of 10, every time I gave that gesture, she'd go into position. I'd say middle, give the gesture. She'd go in between my legs, mark it, reward it. And that's how I could then say middle, Half a second later, give the gesture, reward it. And then what would happen because of understand, she started to understand. And for me, 
And for Nookie in particular, she finds a ball, the ball more reinforcing than food. So what I would do is even through this still the learning phase, I would still say the word middle. I'd give the gesture, she'd go between. Either I'd say yes and reward her with food or I'd say bang and i throw the ball. And those are two separate markers. And so, once I started to introduce the ball to that, to that command, that's when I got more excitement, more enthusiasm. So when I said the word middle, she would try a lot harder because she was, she was jacked up. She, want, she was in, in, a dopamine, um, in, in a dopamine state of mind where she, she wants the reward so badly. The problem with that is that she starts. We start to lose a bit of stability because she gets so overexcited and offering random behaviors. That's why I didn't want to give the name to the command too early. And then now I can have my hands alongside me, no gesture. I say middle. She does the behavior. I mark it. I reach in my pocket after giving the word and throwing it to for her. That's why as well. And it's very similar to when charging a marker. If you want the dog to understand, yes means food. You don't want to go to your pouch first pull out your hand, say yes, and give it to them. You want to say yes, and then give them the food without predicting. Uh, we don't want the dog to predict too much. Very, very important because the dog then starts to not listen to words and just only looks at our body language. So I hope that answers your question. There's, we can go a lot more deeper into this. There's so many more layers and levels and variables that affect all of that. But, um, but yeah, if you're teaching your puppy sit, don't say the word sit until the dog's doing the, the behavior fluently i think that's really really important for all of you so word gesture marker food and we did speak with philippe through text and i said i was going to do this and he's probably been waiting on sunday for this episode um but now it's out now well you're obviously listening to it so i did text him and and talked to him about that was the, the series of it but this went a lot more depth so brother i hope this really helps you i'm looking forward to seeing you again soon um, for everyone out there, if this is helpful to you, you know, tell a friend. That's the best way for the podcast to grow. Um, share it on your stories and share it on your Facebook, Instagram, or however else, um, whatever social media platform that you um, that you use. Um, if you can like, rate, and subscribe to any other platform, um, podcast platform that you're listening to us, and give us a rating anywhere or some sort of review, that always helps us as well. Um, any questions? Please hit us up either through Instagram DM or um, Facebook or either you can email us through our website lifewithyourdogpodcast.com and that's it for me for today I hope this has really been helpful to you sorry that I've been a little bit jittery today um, first thing in the morning trying to rush it try, I'm trying to get this in before I get to my classes um, rest of my sessions today so I was excited to get this out there also there's so much information that we can discuss um, if we need any further clarity me and Luke can probably do a longer format of this um, later in the future. But until then, much love to you all. Keep training your dogs. Have fun with it. And until next time, have a good day. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to another show of Life With Your Dog. Please like, rate and share if you're enjoying our podcast. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook and YouTube. For all dog training videos, tips and techniques, visit nooches.pooches.com.au. Thank you and stay tuned for next time.